Remember when the rioting was happening? There was one picture of an old guy wearing a uh, Auschwitz sweatshirt. Yeah. In the uh, background. Camp, saw, camp Auschwitz. Like it was like a yeah. kid, kid's camp. Yeah. I saw a whole thread online of people defending that he might be a Jew and they shouldn't. Yes. <laughs> I saw that too. And I was like, what the fuck? I think it was re- ba- to be, I mean, my memory was it was basically the the, per- the main poster who was get, just getting attacked from all sides as an idiot. Yeah. They were like ser- sincerely wondering, like, it's possible he's Jewish. And he's it's like, do you think they sell Auschwitz t-shirts in the fucking <laughs> Auschwitz? Like, even if that was even remotely possible, it, ugh. Yeah, what a moron. That person probably like literally died from being ratioed so hard. <laughs> yeah, that shit was fucking hilarious. Hang on a second. Let's not be rushed to judgment. Cat Camp Auschwitz t-shirt might be a souvenir he picked up when visiting Auschwitz. When he's there to honor his ancestors yes i'm sure that's where the the maggot chud got his t-shirt i actually that just reminded me i've almost been almost consciously trying not to use chud anymore or ghoul because it seems like one of these words that has just become like a like an actual meme you know like not not a meme in the internet sense but yeah a meme in the i guess the richard dawkins sense it seems like every every leftist um podcaster youtuber Seems to use these words a lot. And I'm sure I probably subconsciously picked it up from other people. Yeah, I try not to use them very much. I guess. Ghoul just comes in so handy sometimes when you want to talk about someone being horrible. I don't know why, it just feels right. But it's overplayed, and we got to be cool, guys. <laughs> Make up our own slang. I can use the criminally underused fuckers. <laughs> I think I say fuckers a lot. <laughs> fuck heads, fuck wits. And that just reminds me, I watched the whole, did you see that, um, that Nicolas Cage hosted series about swearing on Netflix? I, I haven't watched it. I know what you're talking about though. I actually, I watched it last night. It was really short, like the whole five episodes. Each one must've been like 15 or 20 minutes. They're pretty short. And I just like let it run and I don't know. I'll, I'll watch Nick Cage to just about anything. It was some of it was actually kind of interesting, like the actual like etymology stuff when they had like language experts talking about where these words come from, and some of it was a little dumb too, but it's mostly pretty funny. There's an episode on fuck, an episode on shit, 
an episode on dick, an episode on pussy, and the last episode was on damn. They like <laughs> they went out on like the least offensive one, but that was kind of the point was they talked about how that used to be like the most offensive word back in the day because it's like damnation, damning people to hell. But now, like, we don't think twice about it. He walked out in the gray light and stood and he saw for a brief moment the absolute truth of the world. The cold, relentless circling of the intestate earth. Darkness implacable. The blind dogs of the sun in their running. The crushing black vacuum of the universe. And somewhere 200 animals trembling like ground foxes in their cover. Borrowed time and borrowed world and borrowed eyes with which to sorrow it. For the earth was empty of form, and void, and darkness was all over the face of the deep, and we said, look at that fucker dance. Welcome to the Healing Powers Hour of Heat Death of the Christiverse. I'm your Reverend Right. Goddamn America. What are you trying to say? I don't know. That's my way of saying. Good morning. I just woke up recently. But it's hopeful days in America. Word salad. Ten day ten day plan to save it. Ten day plan? What's that? That's what Biden said. He's going to have ten days to reverse all the grave danger that Trump has put our country through. Ten days, eh? Oh, so... Well, tell us about that. Uh, is that is that the thing that involves the uh, rejoining the Paris Accords? Well, he's going to start by unbrainwashing everyone. Oh, okay. He's going to... It's basically <laughs> going to start by... Have you seen the end of Clockwork Orange? I have. They're going to take all the Alexes of the world and give them electroshock therapy <laughs> by executive order. So they're going to prop open the eyeballs of all the the magas in America. Is that right? Probably yeah. all the probably all the leftists too, right? And then um, they're going to just show them like hours and hours and hours of footage of what would they show? They would show like the the Obama two thousand four speech about red states and blue states. Um, what else could they show? They'll just show. Hillary Clinton owning Trump on the debate line, stage. A line, a line on a graph, 
and in the middle of that line will be a dot. <laughs> and one side of the line will say left, and one side will say right, and the dot will say center, and they'll just have your eyes focused on the center. Just have it... Hours on end. But they'll have it, like, fla- flashing really quickly, like, um... Like on like one frame, like so it's like subliminal, like uh, oh, it's an ex- like in Fight Club, where they put like the one frame of porn into the uh, like kids movie reel. Exactly. Um, yeah, that sounds good. <laughs> it's gonna restore the soul of America. Um, and BlackRock will fund all of it. BlackRock presents your Clockwork Orange brainwashing extravaganza. Yeah. Luckily, though, so that's what they, they're going to do to fix America is they have made a complete AI of Stanley Kubrick and Stanley Kubrick is going to direct the rest of our history. <laughs> that sounds too cool for these fuckers. <laughs> yeah, I know. It'll what would Stanley Kubrick Co- tunnel shot after another? What would Stanley Kubrick think of uh, the current social moment? I think he would be. I guess he would probably be doing what he's what he did for like the last thirty years of his life, just like hiding in a manor in England, playing chess a lot. That That's all. Like that that sounds like the type of adult life I'd like to live. Well, all you got to do is be a extremely well-renowned uh, film director you'll yeah. get there i've always i've always had ambitions to be the next stanley Cooper. i'm just <laughs> going about it in a really weird way i've never <laughs> i've never once made a movie but step, i'm getting to it step one go to film school when i'm 65 <laughs> it's playing the long game <laughs> You need a lot of experience. Actually, no that that would art. that would not be the being the next Stanley Kubrick though, because he was um, not a film school guy at all. He was a self-taught photographer, like you know, just regular still photos, and then he just jumped into the movie world more or less. So, like a a real Aaron Sorkin. Yeah. <laughs> um. <laughs> I don't know. Actually, I don't know what Aaron Sorkin's uh, education is. I don't know how it qualified him to become a director. I doubt he went to film school. He majored in after-dinner speeches. <laughs> yeah. Um, he, uh, what was, did you, have you ever heard of the, the group called the Toastmasters? Yeah, I have. My dad used to do that. Um, I, uh, I had to do... A Toastmasters event in university for extra credit, and I hated it. It sounds miserable. Yeah, it sounds like they just do public speaking for fun. Yeah, you just get up in front of a group of people and give a speech about like whatever, right? Which oddly, I hated to give speeches, even though here I am doing a podcast. It's a little bit different, but (laughs) I mean. I didn't mind doing, like, you know, back in the pre-COVID days when I was doing improv at the Soul Improv Theater. That was actually a lot of fun. I didn't mind that public display, but speeches, just, like, actual speeches, that's fucking terrible. Yeah, because it's it's the opposite of improv, right? It's, like, completely scripted and um, 
unlike this show, which is completely scripted. So I guess this is pretty similar. Yeah, we write detailed notes of everything we're going to say. You can tell if you listen. We've uh, put little Easter eggs in for people to pick up on the script. Josh and me are very good at acting like this is all improv. Yeah, get ready. Um, in the script, I'm supposed to do this right now. Yeah. Every word, every punctuation in place, not to be moved, not to be meddled with. Much like, much like our overlords, I plan everything to a T. <laughs> so, what is the plan for the next, for the first ten days of the Biden campaign? I didn't know about this ten days. I, knew, I mean, I knew about the hundred days, but so you got to tell me what's so. Is the Paris Accord, rejoining the Paris Accords part of it? So, Biden's team unveils 10-day timetable to reverse Trump admin's gravest danger. What's that? I'll go through them. (laughs) On On day one of his inauguration, the day of his inauguration, I guess that's day one. Day one is the day of the inauguration, right? It doesn't start the day after the inauguration. Um... Biden will reverse the uh, Muslim ban. That's good. I'm okay with that. Uh, rejoin the Paris Climate Accord and ask the Department of Education to extend the extend the existing pause on student loan payments and interest for millions of Americans, which is cool. But you know, he could also just um, sign away the student loans altogether. You know, I th- also think that that has already been extended because I got an email like a few weeks ago telling me that it had been extended. I think it was just extended until the um, inauguration, if I remember right. That's but he's going to extend it again, but you know, they but, could. But, but but he never extended. Is my point? <laughs> he's not president yet. Oh yeah, that's. I think he has to do it again on his day one. That's what I'm trying to say. Okay, I'm just, I'm curious now. Well, it doesn't really matter. It's no. like bogged down in details. Because because I'm getting closer to the center, I guess I would accept just to get rid, like if they're, if they're going to be cowards and not get rid of student loans, I guess I would accept just a, just a um, they could just pause payments and interest forever. Okay. And let, and let people who decide to pay it, pay it. Because some people, some people are still going to decide to pay it, but like if they just said, you know, you do have to pay for college, but you're not obligated to make payments and there's no interest. It just sits there on your conscience. I'd, I'd go for that and I wouldn't make a single payment ever because my conscience would be completely fine with that. And I would also be happy for like, I've known people who get a weird sense of pride out of paying off debts. And those people who like to get their pride from paying off debts, they could still do it. Yeah, have at it. So I've got a solution. The solution is, if you're not going to do the good plan of just getting rid of student loans, just just pause the interest and payments forever. Is that so much to ask? I imagine that's easier too, right? Well, I mean, that, that effectively is the same thing, right? I mean, it would mean you... Well, Yes and no, because the the debt would still be there. Maybe it'd still be part of your record. Yada yada yada. Yeah, but it wouldn't. It wouldn't. Um, 
continue hurting you, I guess. Yeah, exactly. And um, it's a win-win for the people who like to have debt and loans and feel <laughs> accomplished by paying them and for the people who just ignore them. You know what would be a win-win? If those people just got fucking tossed into the ocean. Uh, that's a... Uh, I'm coming from the extreme side here. Um, so on the second day in office... Hey, 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 sorry, hang on one second. I, I just found this the email, though. So it's ex- it's been ex- it was extended by Betsy DeVos, and um, the way I read this the first time because it wasn't 2021 yet, I was like, oh, she's giving it like another year. But no, you're right. It it uh it ends in July 30, January 31st, this January. So yes, um, Biden will have to extend it then. So those are the things he's doing on day one. I. How long is he extending it? Does it say, or is it no, just it generic? Say. See, that's that's going to be a running theme today. In a way, is that Biden's plans are still very nebulous and like vague. Um, but but sorry, what's day two? Well, I forgot one of one of the day one things. So let's get that too. He will also issue a mask mandate on federal property, only federal property, and during interstate travel, which really confused me. Because, like, a car seems like a place where you don't really have to worry about wearing a mask. <laughs> but I guess my reading comprehension is poor, and maybe I mean, it could re- interstate travel refers to, like, leaving your state, you have to wear a mask. Well, that that's what it means. It means going from one state to another, but, like... But one of the it doesn't make going any- to doesn't have a mask mandate. It's, it's stupid, man. It's all just, it's all half measures. Like, Why, why not just, like, mandate mask? Yeah, well, give, because give he... Give people a fine, treat it like seatbelts. Because... He... <laughs> because, like, he's been harping on, we need a strong Republican Party. I'm not just going to force things through the even though we have the majority in Congress and I'm the president, we're going to work together. Everything needs to be bipartisan. And he knows damn well Republicans aren't going to go along with a federal mask mandate, um, just like period, across the board. Um, So he's not even going to try. And uh, also, he doesn't really care, is my working theory. (laughs) Um. So on to the second day. This will prove to you that he does care. Okay. You think he doesn't Hit care. Me. <laughs> but he's going to sign executive orders to tackle the COVID-19 crisis in order to safely reopen schools and businesses. Reopen them. Any details on that? Oh, no. That's <laughs> just all I read. The important part there is he's going to reopen schools and businesses. Um. Uh- Smart. It's not something that um, the fucking lunatics before were already doing, demanding no, things be reopened. All. They weren't safely doing it. He's promised to safely do it. Okay. I'm very curious what the details will be then. Um, I mean, this part's good. There's no no explanation of how they're doing this, but uh, also on day two, they're going to take immediate action. This is from This is a direct quote from Biden take immediate action to deliver economic relief to working families bearing the brunt of the coronavirus crisis. I imagine that's the $1,400, which is going to add up to $2,000 total. Or it could be the $200, which is going to add up to $2,000 total. 
<laughs> haven't decided which one's actually. Which will mean Biden gave us two hundred dollars and Trump gave us eighteen hundred. Yeah, that seems right. Well, it's exactly right. He hasn't. I mean, he's not president yet. People keep. Yeah. I don't know no why. No matter pe- what, with the current arithmetic, Biden's going to give you less money than Trump did. If it's fourteen hundred or two hundred. Uh, yeah, that's right. That's right. Uh, because between January twenty fifth and February first, Biden will take executive actions related to criminal justice reform, expanding access to health care, and providing support to communities of color and other undeserved communities. Blah, 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 blah. blah. All of that just went straight through my brain um, like a knife another, through butter. Another big thing is he's planning to restore dignity to the immigration system. Shut the fuck up. I'm so start, sick of this fucking vague wording. And they're going to start work on reuniting families that were separated at the U.S.-Mexico border at the camps that were built in like 2013 why not just say we're going to reunite families why does it to be this we're going to start to begin to think about doing the work that hard work that needs to be done very well very because soon in the, in the sometime future time possible without like the records um that doesn't matter <clears throat> it just doesn't sound like it's a huge priority um so on, well, quick, quick. De- Here, here's the here's the caveat. The full achievement of the Biden Harris administration's goals re- will require support from Congress, especially on the uh, 1.9 trillion dollar COVID nineteen relief bill. Uh, and um, Klein, who I guess is um. Ronnie Klain? I guess so. I don't know. Tell me about Klain later. We talked He's confident about Biden won't face the same legal issues Trump faced on some of his initial executive orders, writing that while the policy objectives in these executive actions are bold, I don't know how bold they are. I want to be clear. The legal theory behind them is well-founded and represents a restoration of appropriate constitutional role of a president. Yeah. Just imagine. What the fuck ever, Ronald Klain? Go go defend a fucking asbestos lobby, you dick. Um, we talked all, all about Ronald Klain on a previous episode. He is just this horrible lobbyist. He's the guy who he... The Biden, can't, Biden administration is like, we're not going to allow conflicts of interest. So as long as a, a former lobbyist haven't been lobbying for the last year, they can be part of the team. And that's okay. how Ronald Klain barely squeaked by. I was like, uh, I haven't actually technically been a lobbyist for like like a year and three days. So uh, no problems here. No conflicts of interest. I've only worked for some of the most evil people on the planet. And now I'm going to be the number one advisor to the president. This is the recent press on the uh, 10 days, Joe Biden's first 10 days. I feel bad because like what I'm reading in the two articles I have put up, um, they don't lay out the 10 days perfectly. They both kind of just stop after day three. Yeah, I was going to say, where are these other days? (laughs) I guess they're unannounced or to be announced. I I think day four, Biden Biden finishes watching a Queen's Gambit and decides that every... (laughs) Every kid in America will learn their chess openings. 
Oh boy, yeah. Like it seems like a lot of a lot of Biden's big bold plans are TBD. For example, the most recent shit uh, to get argued about, very similarly to the way that the uh, the relief checks were being argued about online, is his fifteen dollar minimum wage idea. That. Of course, he's not going to push through. He's not it's going to push. It's a good idea, though. Should have happened a lot, like ten years ago. But it's a good idea. And it's actually not even that great. And people are acting like it's going to like bankrupt the the whole country and destroy the, the Western, country. Western civilization as we know it. How will we ever build walls if we pay fifteen dollars an hour to people? <laughs> I mean, there's like there's literal case studies, and not and and people could say, oh, well, those are other countries. Those, that's different. Like in Denmark, you know, you get like $20 an hour minimum if, if you're a McDonald's employee, stuff like that. And people make the dumb argument, well, that's Denmark, America's different, it's a different society, uh, they're more homogenous, blah, 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 blah. So okay, just- but forget about that. There are states that have made $15 minimum wage. I think New York just did it pretty recently. Florida did it. Um, Seattle or... Seattle did Washington it. did it a long time ago. Seattle, Seattle did it. A, the state, <laughs> right? But Seattle, the city, yes, <laughs> they were one of the first places to do it, and it was like a huge success. Like, um, and then I, I, I think it probably expanded out to the whole state of Washington. But point what? is, is that um, a minimum wage should be like twenty four dollars, something like that. It's, it's it's around 24 or 25 yeah. um if it if it rose with inflation um i was looking at the i was looking at the chart about like since the beginning of minimum wage to now and it just showed like how it had kind of gone up and down and like i think the peak was the peak uh minimum wage was like in the mid or late 60s which makes sense that was like about the time when we had like a real um, welfare state. I don't know. I'm forgetting the better word for it than that, but you know oh, what I mean. Shit. Like, sorry, I, I had to look something up. Um, I was about to say that at least America's current minimum wage is higher than South Korea's, but I guess South Korea changed their minimum wage to eight dollars and fifty cents an hour recently, which is still really low. Yeah, it's higher than America's currently. Which America's is seven twenty five. Um, is it still seven twenty five? Jesus, I can't even keep up with it. I mean, if you were a server, it was like four dollars. Yeah, it's ridiculous. It's beyond ridiculous. It's fucking criminal. Like the it's one of the best starvation wages. You know, one it's, of the best jobs I ever had in America was. Um, I worked at one place where I was a server, and they paid actual minimum wage and tips instead of the half wage i think the yeah that's kind of rare for a service job um i think the most money i ever made hourly and i only had hourly pay jobs in america was when i worked at the uh like the mental health facility and it was like twelve dollars an hour Plus, like, really, it was, like, the only time I ever had a health insurance through a job. But it was, like, 
I don't know, just one of those horrible ripoff, you know, insurance plans as well. <clears throat> but, um, I'm not, yeah, I'm not sure the most money I made in America. Citibank. I mean, I was the, the, the thing is, is that I was like, I was like thrilled to make $12 an hour and that, no, that I, I guess would have been in like 2010. Yeah, I would have been thrilled too. I was thrilled. I, uh, for a while I worked in, um, home healthcare, uh, basically working like not for the state for like a couple, I worked for a couple of companies like this, but a private company that got funding from the States to take care of like mentally challenged, uh, patients and home. Um, and I thought it was amazing because, well, the work was not really that hard. You just went and hung out with, um, with a disabled person and, you know, cooked for them, et cetera, et cetera, and got paid. Um, and for the most part, you could just like read a book or watch TV with them. Um, but it paid so little. But at the time, I was like, this pays so much. It pays $8 an hour. This is like $2 more than minimum wage. This is incredible. Um, that work should be paid more. Like a lot of it. Of course. Um, but some of it, some of it's harder. You know, like taking people to the bathroom and stuff is not really. I don't know. Everyone's criminally underpaid. Mm, yeah. And the I majority of people, you're either criminally underpaid or criminally overpaid, it seems, in the United well, States. Well, yeah, I mean, which, um, one of my favorite books from the past couple of years is uh, Dave Gruber's Bullshit Jobs. Did I recommend that on the podcast? I probably mentioned it on the podcast. I don't um, think you've mentioned it on the podcast. Maybe you have, but I like that guy. Is that how you say his last name? I thought it was Graber, just because it it, be the way Graber. it looks like. I'm just, I can't, I can't pronounce words. <laughs> I think in my head, I always think Dave Goober. Isn't it G R A E? Yeah, A E. Ooh. That makes an ooh sound, right? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Anyway, I, I've never read his book, but I've listened to him talk like on YouTube videos, oh, and I, I, li- I like what he has to say. It's too bad he, he died pretty recently. But I highly recommend that book. Um, and it basically goes into like uh, just how, like, most highly paid jobs, well, not most highly paid jobs, but a lot of highly paid jobs are complete bullshit because those people are absolutely doing nothing. And like their whole job becomes this like game of justifying that their work is important, even if there is really no purpose to it. Yeah, there's, I mean, I mean, I think like the height of bullshit jobs to me is, um, Congress, that or sitting on a board oh yeah being a board member of something is i wish i could be a board member imagine imagine having a dad who just puts you on a board yeah that would be an easy life (laughs) imagine imagine having your hard drive found in a computer like never mind I'm talking about Hunter. <laughs> I am. Um, now I'm becoming a Q theorist. That's <laughs> not even Q shit, man. But <laughs> we'll save that for another day. I know this is a, today's loose, but 
I don't know if we can get that loose with Q, Q or not Q theories. I, I probably know less about Q than I should. I feel like it's something I haven't investigated. Mm, I I don't know. You're probably not. I mean, maybe less than I should. Maybe, maybe knowing less is better for you as a person. I mean, I think I, a lot of, I mean, it's just hocus pocus nonsense, man. It's like, it's like fucking tea leaves or like, I mean, r- reading a palm reading. Like it's basically on that level of, of bullshit. It's so like, honestly, every time I hear, hear about Q, I think of uh, Q from James Bond. <laughs> and I just picture this like guy making high tech gadgets that are also like convincing people that there's a weird conspiracy about children being baked into pizzas. <laughs> I don't know if that was part of it, but maybe it maybe it did uh, heighten to that. I don't know. <laughs> um. So just to loop back a little bit. You you mentioned one of Biden's uh, top priorities, <laughs> vague, vague top priorities to combat the coronavirus problem by sending people back into work and school. That seems to be the, uh, I mean, I know. All right. So my understanding also is that he's made a, he's made a, a commitment of sorts, a plan, another vague, another sort of. I guess it's not ill-defined. It's pretty clearly defined. I just doubt he's going to stick to it because it sounds impossible. But you know, but he said he wants to do a hundred million vaccines in a hundred days. Yeah. And then what's been the current rate? And I guess you could say, okay, well, the current rate has been fucked up because of Trump. Let's blame Trump for it. But the problem is, is that it's not being rolled out on a federal level at all. This is all state by state, which is state why state. which is why Andrew Cuomo is like literally like torturing nurses and doctors with the way that he's um he's implementing that like the whole program. Like, yeah, they're trying to like in classic neolib fashion, they want to do this as orderly as possible and try to make it fair, but uh the shelf life on the vaccine's not very good. It's actually hard to like um Oh, I'm not a scientist. Um, it's hard to keep the vaccine like from spooling, I guess. Yeah, um, yeah. It's shelf life. Like, it's I mean, just, even in the right conditions, they don't last very long. So it's yeah. not even a matter of like running out of refrigerator space and or something. Like people like Cuomo want to make sure the right people are getting it first, which um, which is fine. Yeah, sure. Make sure the right people get it first. But the thing is those people aren't always available to get it, et cetera, et cetera. So vaccines go to waste. Um, when you could just be like, Hey, a more honorable system, which is probably what, um, from my, my readings, the best thing where you say, okay, these are the people we'd like to get it first. These are the preferred people, but whoever shows up today, try to be one of these preferred people. But if you show up, we'll make sure to do all the vaccines we can in a day. You know what I didn't see on any of the plans about who gets it first was that politicians were supposed to get it first. Yet I had to see photo op after photo op of politicians getting the fucking vaccine. Oh, that's supposed to inspire public confidence. Oh, uh, yeah, whatever. Works. People that are people that are 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 
are reticent to get the vaccine aren't going to be like, oh, look, the guy I hate, Joe Biden, is getting it. I'll do it now. But George Bush is getting it, too. And everyone loves George Bush. He looks like a monkey. Well, I have a feeling that, like, MAGA people don't like George Bush because he's very, like, publicly... He he penned that whole <laughs> amazing... Oh, Jesus, did you see that thing? Like, like his response to the riot? No. Where it was... Dis- I forget if he described himself as or if someone else described... Anyway, he described himself as living through the Iraq War. Well, he did live through it. But do you know- <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yes, and Adolf Hitler lived through uh, trying to set up the third, the Thousand Year Reich. Um, or, you know, it's just... Ah! I hate this rehabilitation of George Bush so much. Um, and I'm not going to speak for you, but my, the, my official stance is George Bush was by far a more damaging, terrible president than Trump ever, ever even dreamed of being. And he's became even more damaged because ever since the timeline was disrupted, because honestly... Jeb was supposed to win. <laughs> and then after the four years of like milk toast Jeb, we were supposed to get four years of Hillary and it was just going to be a ping pong of the Clinton and Bushes forever and ever. And ever. Yeah. And then Chelsea and then Scooter Bush or whoever the fuck, <laughs> whoever comes next. I guess George W had two daughters. Where have they been? Probably staying out of public life, I would guess just being rich um okay um but i did (laughs) did want to like briefly circle back to the pandemic shit um just about so biden's top economic advisor brian deese is that his name yes he works for blackrock well a lot of these new um a lot of the people that are that are I mean, it's so close to inauguration. Like everyone on the, the the top of the list now is basically guaranteed to be the person who is being um, presented to to get the position in the cabinet. And this guy Brian Deese, he said, "Here we go. We need to get the schools open, Deese claimed, so that parents, and particularly women, who are being disproportionately hurt in this economy, can get back to work. I love how you can take this, like, genocidal uh, <laughs> um, policy of just, like, throw everybody back into the mill, like, because th- there's no other way to think about this. I don't care how safe they pretend that it's going to be. I mean, they they won't even make a fucking federal mask mandate. Do you think that, like the schools are going to be like immune to like just increasing the spread? Like it's just absurd. I saw um there was there was a study in the UK because like they're basically doing the same kind of insane policies in the UK right now. Boris Johnson yeah, that 
teachers were like 330% more likely to, to get infected than like any other position. Well, you interact with a lot of people. Well, yeah, I mean, it makes perfect sense, but like they actually did like the math on it and it was like, it was really fucked up. Where's our hazard pay? Forget about hazard pay. <laughs> like I'm, I'm, I'm really like, there's no nuance to this anymore. And there never really was, but like, I'm not going to pretend like, I don't know if I ever really pretended, but it just seems to me like there's only one possible solution to this. And that's like lockdown, true lockdown and give people enough money to survive until this thing is behind us. And yeah, it would have been much better to do in the first month but oh, yeah, the, there would be no coronavirus now. How do we just take it a month off? Yeah. Well, I mean, the thing is, is like a large percentage of the world would have to all kind of do it as well. But but even if just even if it was just happening in the in the U.S., it would make a huge difference domestically. But it's just instead it, we have a travel ban. Um, I mean, people can't go to the U.S. And, um, well, and nobody wants people from the U.S. to come to them either, for the most part, understandably. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's just, how is this? This doesn't seem different from, from Trump to me at all. This is the same shit that, that, that MAGA people say. They're like, Stop the lockdown. Get us back to work. Open it up. You know, that's like their mantra. And now we've got like top economic advisor saying the same shit. But everything's better now because they're following the advice of the scientist. <laughs> no, they're not. Scientists are saying lock everything down. They've been saying that Those for, scientists for a year. <laughs> I'm sure they've found scientists that go with what they believe. I'm sure. Yeah. Um, just the other thing is him couching this in like this in these like I'm a feminist ally terms like I don't know maybe it's because I'm looking at his dumb face as well in this article like I just I hate this guy like so particularly women who are disproportionately hurt in this economy can get back to work can get back to getting diseases and dying like that's all I read this as I don't know I just I hate it. I hate it. I hate it so much. And um I don't know. We've covered this. This is well tread ground. But I don't know. I just had to get that off my chest again. Also like I don't know. It's like Korea is sort of like has the same kind of thinking in a way it's not quite as extreme. Um, but I don't know. At it, least they do mandate mask among other stuff. Yeah. There's a mask mandate, but like I, I saw the new, like the, there's an announcement over the weekend about like the new, like if they were going to change the levels level or not. Um, and they didn't really, they didn't change the level, but they're, they put like little edits into like what can be allowed now. So like 
And it's all this dumb shit that just doesn't make any sense. It's like, you can still go to karaoke for one hour at a time. Like, I can't imagine a more um, contagious <laughs> environment than a than a fucking sweaty karaoke room um, where people are just... Nobody's keeping their fucking mask on when they sing. I mean, and anyway, it's just... On on one level, it seems like they're doing a lot, and 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 like yeah, the numbers have like gone down fairly quickly f- from when they spiked up. But why did they spike up? It's because they they go like become lenient on a lot of the the precautions, and then of course it fucking goes back up, and then they have to be harsher on the precautions. And it's like it's just this endless s- cycle. So just like fucking stop it where it stands, like put everything on on hold for a month give people enough like help to get by S- small businesses and individuals forget about these giant companies they'll be fine i mean that's really it, it's just kind of as simple as that i mean it's it's been done we've seen it taiwan large parts of australia new zealand I mean, Taiwan still hasn't had, like, a domestic infection for, like, nine months. Why can't we just be like Taiwan? I don't understand. I mean, I do understand. I know exactly what the problem is. It's that... I love Taiwan. It's probably my favorite country I've ever visited. Just want to throw that out there. It's just that... It's nothing to do with anything you're saying. (laughs) I know. I know you too. (laughs) You've said it before. Um... Anyway, we should move past this. Um, just going off on a rant. Um, well, if there were no scientists, we wouldn't have coronavirus. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what she talking about? I think that's the solution, that we just get rid of all the people saying coronavirus is real. Wait, that's what the MAGA people wanted, right? Um, basically, they just wanted people to agree that it (laughs) I think you always see from like when when you bring up like the death the death toll even if they accepted it they'd be like yeah well look how many people died last year from blah 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 it's like that doesn't make it any better Um, I'm really convinced there's gonna like there's gonna be like well over a million people dead Americans by the time this thing's all finished. I mean, remember when people were saying, yeah, we might hit 250 million dead, or sorry, 250,000 dead um, in the worst case scenario? Like, we're well past that now. Anyway, moving on from coronavirus, we we have to... um, what else is up with Joe Biden's cabinet? Who do we have? We have... We've got... Samantha Power. She's going to be the... The... 
the United States Agency for International Development. She's going to be the head of that now. She, um, like many of these people in the in in the cabinet, she worked for Obama in various capacities. Um. I mean, one of her one of her big legacies is uh, pushing for war. She's just she's a war hawk. She's bloodthirsty. She and and she couches it in terms of like humanitarian intervention, which means sending the military to sort things out. So she's in part responsible for um, the horrors of uh, in Yemen. Uh, in uh, Libya, Syria, um, yeah, I mean, so a lot of these people just, I mean, it's it's unfortunate that this is like, this is kind of like just super, really power for the course for like anyone that's going to be in a uh, a liberal administration in a democratic administration. But basically every single one of these people either has explicit ties to military-industrial complex um, or they're all just like finance gremlins. I was going to say ghouls, but I have a moratorium on ghouls. <laughs> um, yeah, like we said, a lot of these people work for BlackRock. That's the, what is it, the largest... Um, investment firm in the world. Yep, I'm sure they're asset management. I'm sure world. they're squeaky clean. They're um, well, heavily connected to oil, but their CEO, their their president, CEO Fink, has. I mean, he comes out in support of climate change often, but the company doesn't always show actions that actually uh, make you believe that they support it. Well, they definitely profit before climate change. It's just like Biden's I'm going to listen to the scientists shit. Like just because you believe I believe climate change is real. Well, congratulations. Where you want your fucking parade now or later? Who cares what you if you I mean, that's the low bar we're at in the US is like we applaud people just for saying they think it's real. Nothing nothing to do with their their like any sort of actions they might take to deal with it doesn't matter. They believe in it. That's good enough. They believe it's real. They're not, they're not in denial. Yeah. I mean, we don't need to get like super in detail about these people, but Samantha power is a fucking awful person to be in charge of anything to put it simply. Um, you've got Janet Yellen as secretary of treasury. She, there was some hubbub a few weeks ago, maybe, about how she's taken tons of money from very uh, <laughs> dubious uh, entities to give speeches, basically like Wall Street connected groups and um, other corporations. Um, and like a lot of people were defending her as like, well, that's just normal. I, everybody in, in Washington does that kind of shit. 
So lay off. <laughs> well, it doesn't. She's going to be basically in charge of our fucking money. And she's essentially worked for Bank of America, Citibank, Standard Charter, a bunch of other uh, banks and some big tech companies. Um, Google, something called Salesforce. Um, seems like a bad move. Um, let's see yeah. who else. And I mean, the, the other thing, the other thing to point out is how in almost every article you read about any of these people, the, the the first sentence, like the real the real takeaway you're supposed to that you're supposed to walk away f- with this from, is historic pick first woman to blah 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 first person of color to la la la. The other thing I that's think all that fine and good, but then look at the who the person is like. Um. It's just such it's such a cheap way of of trying to like cover themselves from criticism cuz I mean you'll you'll see like normal people on the internet saying like for god's sakes AOC her response to Janet Yellen being being picked was women are overly scrutinized uh well, maybe that's true, but I mean, people are pointing out like the the shitty business ties that men have as well. I mean, and even if that's true, that doesn't that's that's just evading the question. Like, what do you think about this person taking all this money from these people? And all AOC can muster is she's being unfairly scrutinized because she's a woman. That's like some fucking 2016 Hillary era deflection bullshit. Sorry, you were going to say something. Oh, I'm never mind. Vague, I was going to say basically that. Oh. It's same. Same platitude, same. They have to defend, right? Like, um,. They have to keep their party looking good. They're in charge now. They have to look like the winners. They have to look like they're making the right decisions. <clears throat> Anyways, who are we going to get if it's not other rich people leading us? Um, but a lot of these people are also... I mean, the historical thing, but also these are... Um, the type of choices that are supposed to appeal to like the highly educated because they're all like highly educated elite types that um like the Warren crowd would just fucking love they're they're all policy wonks sort of people or ex Obama cabinet people. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure a lot of it is they were they were basically promised some sort of position. Um you know, years ago, like we're, 
X, Y, or Z Democrat to uh, take the presidency after Trump. Um, and then you can, because you can see they've all basically, like a lot of them have gotten like promotions. They've gone from like deputy of whatever the fuck to actual secretary of whatever the fuck. <laughs> <laughs> um, that's the job I would want. Secretary of whatever the fuck. Um, it's a good job to have. Yeah. It's a real fuck off. Do nothing. Make a lot of money job. Um, yeah. I mean, maybe it's just over and over. Like when you check these people out, like they all seem to have the same kind of resume more or less. Some are more blatant than others. Like, um, the guy who is Lloyd Austin, the retired general who's going to be Secretary of Defense, he has just like really blatant ties to Raytheon, as did the other um, Michelle Florinoy, who was at the top. She was going to be the top pick for a while. Mm-hmm. That was, I think, the only reason we're really get, getting into this today is that a lot of when the last time we talked about the incoming cabinet, like a lot of the top people have been swapped out for other people it looks like um like um remember that fucking weird guy um just he was going to be secretary of energy the guy who said that fracking was good for the environment yes he didn't end up getting the job um the guy who got secretary of labor i don't even think he was on that list of like five people marty walsh um Ah, Merrick Garland. He's probably worth talking about for a minute. Um, the Supreme Court Justice? Well, he was supposed to be. But the... Uh, the Republican Senate <laughs> just blocked him. Unlike the... Uh, well, I guess the Democrats weren't totally in a position to do that this time around with... um, What's her name? The last one Trump nominated or uh, not nominated. The fuck is the word? Appointed. um, I can't think of any and think of names right now. Coffee, coffee, coffee. Who? I'm not sure who you're talking about. The crazy Catholic lady. It was a big deal. <laughs> Everyone was like, block her. Don't let her become, take, uh, become the, don't let her take the Supreme Court position before the election. And they did it anyway, because the Democrats just laid down and let them walk all over them. They, they, they didn't have many options to like stop it, period. All right. But they could, they had all sorts of options to, d- to delay it and they didn't use any of them. Um, they could have they could have easily delayed it until after the election. Amy, Amy Barrett. Yeah, Amy Coney Barrett and A A C B. But yeah, Merrick Garland. So long ago, Merrick yeah. Merrick Garland is like this super conservative guy who Obama was trying to appoint in his, like towards the end of his second term, and. Um, 
I mean, this was like a conservative guy. He wasn't a liberal at all. But like, just because the Senate and uh, hated Obama so much, they wanted to fuck with him at every turn. Like anything he wanted, they wouldn't let him have, even if it was shit that they would want. <laughs> just it was just like this weird like show of power or something. Hmm. Like Mitch McConnell was constantly doing stuff like that. I mean, he he said it clearly from day one after Obama was elected. Like we're gonna do like our number one goal is to stop him from getting anything he wants or like our number one goal is to get him get him out of the presidency something like that um but yeah i don't know merrick garland just fucking sucks also um so okay some of his greatest hits here are Garland joined a unanimous decision of the D.C. Circuit that expanded the scope of corporate-controlled super PACs in funding election campaigns. Expanded. Gave more power to dark money. Cool. He rejected lawsuits from Guantanamo Bay prisoners, ruling that Hatim versus Obama was humiliating and and vindictive. That humiliating and vindictive genital searches of detainees were, quote, reasonable security precautions. Um, <laughs> in 2016, the New York Times interviewed former Reagan administration law- lawyer Joe DiGenova, who vouched for Garland. Cool. Reagan people like him. Last month what? during... No, go ahead. I mean, if Reagan likes him, he's a good guy, right? Sure. (laughs) Last month, during a Newsmax podcast, DiGenova said that former Department of Homeland Security official Chris Krebs should be drawn and quartered, taken out at dawn and shot, after Krebs, as head of the Cybersecurity and Infrastructure Security Agency, disputed Donald Trump's lie that the presidential election was rife with vote fraud and Biden's win was illegitimate. So in other words, this DiGenova guy is horrible, but loves loves Garland. Um, so he goes on to say about Garland, he is a profoundly serious guy who really should be the kind of person you want to have on the Supreme Court. If Obama wants to get a fantastic judge on the court, he's got one ready to go in Merrick Garland. Yeah, and despite all of that, McConnell refused to bring the nomination to the floor, leaving the seat vacant for Trump. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, like, the basically the top cop of America, uh, the Attorney General, uh, shot down a uh, lawsuit from Guantanamo Bay prisoners about being sexually violated more or less and expanded the powers of dark money, which by the way, I read an article very recently just about how the democratic party like, and mainly Joe Biden's campaign itself received more dark money than any other candidate in history i believe despite democrats saying that they're against such things against anonymous money which is such bullshit because they've been using it forever um 
I hate America. God damn America. I say God damn. Um, let's see. What else is on the docket? Oh, this is a real aside, but <clears throat> brief correction to, I think, the last episode. I said that Trump um, went to the Alamo. And then I said, or maybe he went to a city just called Alamo, Texas, that has nothing to do with the building, the Alamo. And I was, and I said, oh, but I don't know, because I wasn't sure when I said it. But uh, yeah, he didn't go to San Antonio, where the Alamo is. He went all the way to the border in this little town called Alamo, Texas, um, <laughs> because he wanted to talk about the border wall and how it needs to stay up no matter what and how great it is and blah, blah, blah. So there's that, which is also just fucking funny. <laughs> Cause you'd think like he would want to make some point of like, this is the last, like my last stand, you know, like the, you yeah. know, the last stand of the elements that he's just like, no, let's go to Alamo, Texas and check out the wall. Let's have me stand in front of the wall. Um, just further evidence in my mind that Trump is a pathetic, sad sack of a man, at least nowadays more than ever. He's all talk. Not not all talk. Obviously, he did a lot of bad shit, but like so much of his bluster is just bluster, I think. But I don't know. We'll see. There might be a massive coup on the 20th. Donald Trump's going to come down in a fucking uh, Gundam suit. <laughs> Take over. I think we're giving Trump too much credit. If if there's a coup, I'm not going to rule out the possibility that there's some type of like uprising just because I think some people are really misguided and could just decide that that's really in their best interest. Something is going to happen. Something I'm sure is going to happen. What it is exactly, I don't. Go on, sir. I think I cut you off. No, that, that I think we're basically. That's what I was also trying to say is I think something is definitely going to happen. Um, but I don't think there will be a coup. I think security will be fine at that point. And, um, yeah. I mean, that, that map of all the streets being shut down in D.C. all around where uh, the Capitol is. I mean, it's it's basically been guarded by the military since the riot um do you see that <laughs> this is sort of a side point but there's like pictures of like the soldiers like sleeping on the floor in the capital and people are like we just gave them like a trillion dollars and they can't afford like cots or blankets or something no. <laughs> i don't know they, yeah they just they almost looked like it almost looked like a fucking like a like a the aftermath of a fucking firefight because they just like all these sleeping soldiers with guns like 
I don't know. They just looked dead is what I'm saying. Um, cause they're just lying on the floor, like lying on the stairs and shit. That's like where they were sleeping. Anyway. Yeah. They're like, I will predict that like nothing, nothing serious will, will happen at the actual Capitol. No, I don't think but, but, but the rumors about the state Capitol stuff, I think, even if they don't manage to get all 50 state capitals stormed, I have a feeling like uh, some of them will be. And if not successfully like breached, like there will be like demonstrations that might get out of hand, like at state capitals or something like that. But that's what I think the full extent of it might be. Like the security is going to be just insanely tight around um, the inauguration. And I think they're they're starting like oh, that was a, that was another thing is I think at last episode I mentioned like oh they're having this lame party with like musical acts and it was like Will I Am and all these like like acts that just make you think about like the Obama years um, but apparently it's like a five day long party like, really yeah they're just like throwing the money at this thing. It's like a five day long celebration of the inauguration. And like people are looking at that like really <laughs> and yet we're get and someone someone I saw someone write, Oh, so that's where everyone's um extra six hundred dollars is going to. Like funding this fucking ridiculous party. It just seems so it's just like spitting in people's faces, really. I don't see any other way to to look at it yeah no it's it's really gross um and the thing is is like tons of people are gonna love it they're gonna watch it on tv and like fucking be dancing in their living rooms and shit just loving it which brings me to another point i was thinking about these days um sort of struggling to articulate a little bit but like when I see all these people online saying that like, we don't deserve one $2,000 check basically. And people defending Biden and Kamala and saying, Oh, they always meant we were only going to get the 14, that $1,400 check. And now with the, with the minimum wage thing, there's people coming out and these are not Republicans. These are fucking Democrats saying, $15 an hour, that's going to be, that's going to put a real strain on the economy if people have to pay that much to like people who flip burgers and work at Taco Bell. It's like, it's just nauseating. Like some people are saying, oh, well, the, some people who worked really hard to get to their $15 an hour pay, like, why don't they get a raise? But these lowly other workers who make seven dollars an hour, they're gonna they're gonna double their money. That's not fair. And it's just this whole like dog eat dog I mean, dare I say capitalistic mindset. <laughs> like um I was trying to like think of the right word. I kept thinking of like self policing, and then I realized like the word I'm really looking for is internalized oppression. Which is like, you know, like the panopticon idea, right? I do. So it's basically because 
it's basically that. Like, this is the, the Panopticon. Like, people just, like, um, I don't know, but, like, in a different sense, in the way that, like, everyone lowers their expectations for what they think they deserve, and then they also transfer that onto everybody else around them. It's like, um, yeah, like, we... <laughs> We should be happy. We should be happy with the crumbs that are being thrown our way, basically. Um, I think if, I think I found a quote here that sums up the Panopticon idea pretty well, and maybe it maybe it transfers to what I'm trying to say about like these arguments about the minimum wage and about uh, um, stimulus checks. Uh, sorry, survival checks. That's really the right word to use. Survival checks. Um, so yeah, it's con it's a constant state of surveillance, right? Imposed by an oppressive external force serves to quote, induce the inmate, a state of consciousness and permanent visibility that assures the automatic functioning of power. Each becomes to himself, his own jailer. And that's kind of what I see when I see these people online being like, because I can't even believe it at first sometimes, like people say we don't deserve $15 minimum wage. Well, people are just like obsessed with what it is, is they feel like if they put in like, I don't know, say you went to university and you feel like you deserve more than the guy who didn't go to university, the guy working in the fast food restaurant, though you you only like judge that by how much you're getting paid per hour. Yeah. And there's other judgments to it. It could be that maybe your job is simply more comfortable than their job. So the benefit of your university degree becomes less about, well, I deserve more money than this asshole. It becomes, well, I get to do this thing that I enjoy instead of like, you know, mindlessly, working on a assembly line. I just, um, people are just so obsessed with judging everything by how much they're getting paid, how much they're earning and can't see it. Like maybe some of the actual, maybe, I mean, if they have to decide that, well, I earned something better. There's other things that could be better about what they earned. But honestly, it makes no sense to live in a society where if you're working full time, that should automatically entitle you to like having housing, health care and just, you know, basic human necessities. You shouldn't have to like work a second job, you know, work like 80 hours a week just to get by and maybe still like be forced into having roommates, et cetera, et cetera. Especially when there's like so much empty, unused housing in a america yeah it's disgusting um yeah you can like you can go you could you could go to probably any major even like not even major but any major city in the united states and probably witness like homeless people camped out in front of abandoned houses like that's a that's <laughs> uh that should be on the fucking flag. That should be on our money. <laughs> That's the real <laughs> emblem. 
Um, yeah, I think I think you're right. It's just it's just this um, it's this hierarchical status thing. It's like I mean I don't know. It's like sometimes you hear you hear people like shit on India and be like, oh, well they have that horrible caste system, and it's like you don't think that exists in the United States, just like in a less sort of um, explicit way. Like that when you see like the the PMC person, you know, these professional managerial class people saying $15 an hour is too much for a Taco Bell employee. Uh, that's going to, that's going to mean Taco Bell is going to raise the price of a taco to like $25. <laughs> yeah. Cause that's, that's how the free market works. And it's like, a, it doesn't have to work like that. Um, if you actually just have, <sighs> proper government oversight, um, in, on these things, but, but B it's, yeah, it's exactly like you said, it's people feeling like, well, I went to college. I deserve this money. Even though like nowadays, like, I mean, you and I went to college and <laughs> I, I, we just talked about how little money we made, especially in America. And it's not really much different now, but like, um, yeah, yeah it's just, it's money now. It's but, like, uh, but it's but it's like this punitive thing. Like they want people. It's like you you chose not to go to to college. You chose to just have fun and party. Is like the assumption that's made basically about yeah. like pe- people who work in the service industry. It's like so that's what you get. You get you're lowly. You're on the bottom of the totem pole, and. um Seven twenty-five is good enough for you. It's like, and and these, and a lot of these people probably just don't take even like the ten seconds it would take to think about. Oh wait, how can someone afford to live on that much money? Like in today's economy, like it, and you can't. <laughs> that like you said, you have to have like three of those jobs, and work yeah, eighty plus hours a week. I mean, that's probably even without children to support, you know, like, I mean, it depends on people's exact, you know, situation in life, but like, I don't know, man. Like, I remember when I was making $10 an hour with no benefits, uh, when I was in like my, I guess, mid, mid twenties and I was like, I couldn't pay rent a lot and like I was I was like all I mean it was totally paycheck to paycheck and I'm not having a pity party here I'm just saying like if I was making $10 an hour and I even thought wow $10 an hour wow (laughs) but like I was barely getting by on that so I can imagine that was like 10 years ago so like 10 years after that someone making less than that and like raising a kid or something it just sounds like a fucking constant stress nightmare. Like, I don't know. I honestly don't know how people get by in the United States. No, I have, I've, I sometimes like, even wonder what, how I did when I, um, like I'm, fairly comfortable now like i don't we don't make a lot of money here but like korea is like set up to where like rent's not that hard to deal with and um 
like in ways I think things are a lot easier here. Healthcare is cheaper and um all of that stuff too. But But um I made less money in America than I do right now for the most part and like I often just felt like screwed. Like and I don't know with with drinking all the time, how did I make rent every month? Maybe I didn't make rent every month. Um I don't know where I'm going with this, but yeah, it's, it's fucking hard. People deserve way more than they ask for, and I feel like people have been convinced to like ask for less and less and less. And you'd be happy with with yeah, like 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 we were saying, like like you were happy to make like eight dollars an hour uh with that one particular job and like yeah, like I said, when I when I hit twelve dollars an hour, I was like, I'm in the money now. <laughs> but the thing was, is I had, I had had to like, by that point in my life, jobs are so hard to come by that I just I literally ran out of money and I had to like, you know, hang my head and like, go live back with my parents when I was in my like, basically late twenties. And I know it's like a lot of people's uh, situation in life, but it was still like humiliating. Um, anyway, <laughs> and then I moved to Korea because I was like, fuck this. This just sucks. Everything yeah. sucks. <clears throat> um, what else is going on? <laughs> Lots of shit, I guess, in a way. Um, we got a new head of the DNC, Jamie Harrison. Uh, a loser. <laughs> a loser. Yes, Jamie Harrison used to be a lobbyist for the Podesta Group. Um, he raised a lot of money trying to unseat uh Lindsey Graham. He got pretty walloped in that one. I don't know. It's again it's one of those situations where I feel like he was he was running just to raise money for the Democratic Party. Um knowing full well he would lose, but I don't know. Maybe that's too conspiratorial. Um, in any case, the DNC will continue to be corrupt, of course, because it's still kind of the Democratic Party is still like the party of John Podesta, basically. Um, and it always will be. <laughs> Sorry. Well, I don't. I know. said that. <laughs> um. What else was there to talk about besides the cabinet shit? Because I think we're... I think we're done. There's not much more to say about that. Yeah. The the cabinet, like, a lot of the choices are just so damn... Exactly what I expected. And um, I'm not excited about any of them. Oh, no. Not at all. I mean, to me, it's a matter of, like which ones are more horrible than the other? Um, oh, here's a funny headline about one of the new, the new cabinet. 
Another BlackRock veteran. And this means just a veteran of this investment firm will join the Biden administration. Michael Pyle is set to become Kamala Harris's chief economist. Pyle is not a not an economist. Not. <laughs> I just like the headline alone. Set to become Kamala Harris's chief economist. He is not an economist. <laughs> of course. <laughs> So what qualifies him? Hmm, I wonder. Well, probably the fact that he's from BlackRock. That's all you need on your resume to get a job with the Biden admin. And what does BlackRock want? I guess BlackRock wants to make their shareholders happy. Yeah, they like money, 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 money. My trick's gonna work on me. Only money. No money, no parts, no deal. This was a loosey-goosey episode. Yeah. I'm sorry. That's all right. It's okay to have a short one. Um... I just feel like like ending on a weird note. <laughs> um, trying to think of a better note to go out on, but everything I'm finding let's, is kind of minor. It's like let's sputter out like like my hopes and dreams did this year. <laughs> um, I mean, on a lighter note, I thought it was interesting that the uh, giant pharmacies in Washington D.C had took it upon themselves to break policy with, I mean, I was I think I mentioned this to you last night. I just want to mention it. I don't usually support businesses and their actions, but I guess the giant pharmacies in DC, because they didn't want to like, let the vaccines go to waste, just took it upon themselves to uh, not necessarily break the law, but instead of throwing away, there's like, okay, we know we have to follow the rules about who's supposed to get it, but at the end of the night, so we don't have to throw these away, if you just get in line, we'll just vaccinate as many people as we can. Yeah, that's uh, that's great. That's how it should be. It's fucking insane. That it's... Yeah, it's insane that they're kind of going against, like, I guess, official policy. Uh, I don't know if they're technically breaking the law or not. But like... <sighs> they probably are. I mean, where was this, though? Was this in New York State? Washington, D.C. Okay, because if it was in New York, they'd probably all get fined um, because Cuomo has some draconian shit set up right now where, like, if you jump in line, if you if you inject someone with a vaccine past, like, 5 p.m. when it's, like, closing time, <clears throat> I don't know if it's exactly 5 p.m., but, like, they're basically doing, like, vaccinations at business hours only. When it's, like, something that's important, it should... You could have a setup where it's like basically round the clock because like we've pointed out, like you, you pointed out first to me, like the rate that we need to be at to, to get everyone vaccinated within a year is what, what did you say? Like three and a half million yeah, every day. The, I don't remember the exact number, but it's incredibly large. It's like at least, it's like at to. least three million a day. Um, and we're not even close to that. And, you know, we'll, we'll see if Biden somehow, it's just, I don't understand why they're allowing every state to operate these things differently. 
It should just be a huge, it should just be a federal program that's like, here are the rules, like round the clock vaccinations. We'll, you know, we'll, we'll give people like, I don't know, overtime pay if they work the third shift, you know, and just set it up, make a fucking list and let, and say, you got to come in on this day at this time and you'll get your shot. And, and the other, and the other crazy thing I heard, I know this was trying to end on a good note, but now I'm just thinking all the fucked up shit <laughs> is that all of these vaccines or the two that are being rolled out now, the uh, Pfizer and the, what was it called? Moderna? Yeah. Moderna. They both require like coming back for a second shot within a certain time frame, and like what yeah. my, my understanding is, a lot of people aren't getting the second shot, which makes the first shot basically worthless. Well, that's one of the problems. Just like with, um, I have friends that work in the medical industry. That's just like an, a a thing. Like people, things that require more than one visit is often like um, the second visit. It's really hard to get people to actually show up for them. Yeah, but when it's this important, I feel like people will show up. If you explain to them, this first shot is going to be, be worthless if you don't come back in in whatever it is, like two weeks or something. Um, and if they don't come back, then that's on them, right? Then that's... But also, it's not just affecting them. It's going to affect everyone around them. You know, that's the other problem. And like... Yes, there's going to be tons of people who are who think that like you know Bill Gates is trying to put his microchips in them or whatever. Or did you hear the other the other theory about the vaccines that somehow like Jeffrey Epstein's like semen is like <laughs> inside all of the vaccines, and no. it's like some crazy fucked up way for Epstein to to know that his seed is like literally all over the world. <laughs> yeah. That's it. That makes the Bill Gates microchip idea look, um, pretty mild by comparison, but it really does. Or maybe not his semen, but like his DNA or something like that. Somehow his DNA, like Jeffrey Epstein's DNA is in all the vaccines. <laughs> uh, anyway, maybe that's a good note to go out on. <laughs> Well, let's go out on Jeffrey Epstein. <laughs> Fuck, I can't, can't even take that seriously. Um, Everybody, uh, go out and get your Epstein semen injections. All right, for the sake of the nation. <laughs> Two recommendations. Let's do recommendations. I'm gonna have to think for a minute, but we got plenty of time before yeah. we're supposed to be out. Okay, do you want to go first? Sure, I'm going to recommend Bullshit Jaws by, as I call him, David Goober. But I guess it's David Graber. Um, I don't know where Goober came came from. Mick Gruber. Which is a a book that came out in 2018. And it's basically, uh, he's arguing the, um, the existence of meaningless jobs and how they, uh, harm society. Basically, he thinks most of the work being done these days is more because um, we've been convinced that we have to work like to earn, to earn our place in society, but like so much of it is just like meaningless and it's just there to give people endless tasks. 
And I 100% agree with them that people are working just because they feel like they have to work, not because, not because their work is necessary. Oh, I remember the other thing we meant to talk about today. Martin Luther King Day. Happy birth. Happy, happy Martin Luther King Day. Sorry. <laughs> Brain just connected on something there. But, uh, yeah, Bullshit Jobs by by Dave Graber. It's good stuff. Highly recommend reading it. It's uh, very interesting. Cool. Uh, yes, I also forgot to do the hard time stamp. So um, it is Martin Luther King Jr. Day. If you want one more day to celebrate, it's also the 20th year birthday of Wikipedia. And Wikipedia, in my opinion, is one of the best organizations on the internet. I do like Wikipedia. It's very useful. Um, okay. I will recommend a movie, a documentary, kind of a narrative documentary, if that makes any sense. Um, yeah. Like the crash. What? <laughs> the horrible movie Crash? The 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 my dad oh. is racist because he can't piss crash? Yeah, that one. <laughs> I've still never seen that. I've just heard so much about it. I don't think I've I'll I've actually I, never seen it either. I don't think <laughs> I don't think I could get I don't think I could get through it, honestly. There's one I'll try you've probably seen it, but <clears throat> Someone showed me a clip from the movie on YouTube and it just made me laugh so hard. Um, Anyway, uh, Light recommend the good movie Crash by David Cronenberg, but that's not what I'm full on recommending right now. I'm recommending The Century of the Self, which is an Adam Curtis documentary. Um, I mean, he's probably his hyper normalization probably his most famous movie now. I feel like a lot of a lot of uh sort of left aligned people seem seem familiar with that one. Um. Anyway, Century of the Self is good too as well, and it's an earlier one. It's from two thousand two. And it's basically about um, like the legacy of Freud and how Freudian psycho- psychoanalysis informed a lot of um, early, mid 20th century um, advertising um, and just generated like a, this consumerist culture that we've lived in ever since. And it's um, really interesting. It's obviously not very upbeat, <laughs> but it's um, it's a very well-made, interesting film about um, uh, essentially how everyone's brainwashed by marketing and advertising and things like that, and how it's also linked to politics. Um, but yeah, very strong movie. Full on recommend. And I guess that's the end. I recommend that also. I love everything that he's made. 
I've on what? I've only seen this one and the hyper normalization. I, I I gotta check out his other movies. I recommend everything. Everything. Oh, he has a lot more than I realized. I'm looking at the list here now. And they're all on YouTube. Cool. I'll have to check everything, that out. Everything he's done is on YouTube. He releases it all publicly. Do you know his movie called The Living Dead? I haven't watched that one. Maybe we should watch it together. Yeah. The Power of Nightmares. How about that? I saw that one with uh, Colin. Colin got me really into him when um, he was still in Korea. Cool. It's my introduction. Then, actually, I think that might have been my introduction to Chapo, too, is because me and Colin had watched, like, two or three of his documentaries um, on, like, some all-night, like, just binge-drinking benders, mm-hmm. which is a great way to watch serious documentaries about um, normalizing bad shit and culture. Um, and he had mentioned that he was on Chapo, and I'd never heard of Chapo, and I was like, oh, cool, I'll listen to this dumb podcast. <laughs> I, pod- oh, I didn't hate podcasts at the time, but I didn't listen to them at all. The only one I listened to was Welcome to Night Vale, which um, I don't even know if it's still around, which was like a fictional podcast that I used to love. It's kind of like the Twin Peaks of podcast, because it was just like this podcast that talked about a fictional um small town that's a that's another thing i recommend like the first few seasons of welcome to night vale which is like just a fictional podcast that just gets into this really strange small town where a lot of supernatural events and weird sci-fi events are going on it's very like audio twin peaks vibes that sounds interesting cool so uh, that's it yeah so today's episode was a little weird. And with that, we'll bid you adieu, farewell, arrivederci. So long, Alvidersen. Adios.
The first voice recording was made in 1860. It was a 10-second fragment of the French folk song Au Clair de la Lune recorded by inventor Edward Leon Scott de Martinville. But who will make the final voice recording and when? What will it be? Who will hear it? 